Welcome to a Break in the Action podcast. Here we'll take a break from the tactical and spend our time on the traditional, the Break Action double-barreled shotgun. Join us each week for discussion and interviews centered around vintage and modern shotguns, outdoor pursuits, and sporting literature. So sit back and relax as we take a break in the action. Here's your host, shotgun collector, wing shooter, and sporting clays enthusiast, Ryan Dowdy. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I couldn't get that out of my head while waiting on my daughters who were shopping at the Abercrombie & Fitch store. If you aren't familiar with this retailer, they're an upscale teen fashion brand with stores in nearly every mall in America, filled with expensive jeans and logo apparel. They didn't used to be. A hundred years ago, Abercrombie & Fitch was a sportsman's paradise. I wandered around this store hoping that they might have just one rack back in the corner with something I'd be interested in. Some wax cotton canvas, tweed, leather hunting boots. How about even a vintage photo on the wall that would have paid homage to their roots? They didn't. Being conspicuously 25 years older than even the manager of the store, I was politely asked if I could be helped. I stood out like a sore thumb and I was probably bad for business. Could I be helped? Sure. Answer a question for me. Do you know the heritage of this once fine store? Do you know that a visit to the Abercrombie & Fitch store would make even icons like Teddy Roosevelt or Ernest Hemingway giddy? Did you know that the seventh floor of the 12-story Manhattan Abercrombie & Fitch, there was a legendary gunroom filled with best quality shotguns and rifles, many bearing the Abercrombie & Fitch brand? I knew the answer, so in an effort to be civilized, and after being warned by my daughters not to embarrass them, I kept my mouth shut. Founded nearly 130 years ago by David Abercrombie and Ezra Fitch, Abercrombie and Fitch was one of the premier outfitters to sportsmen in the United States. In 1909, they mailed out 50,000 copies of their almost 500-page catalog worldwide. The company was a giant. They had an in-house gunsmith by the name of Griffin and Howe, maybe you've heard of them, and they imported and branded beautiful, high-quality guns from Europe and Britain that can still be found, bought, and used today. That company, though, is dead. Fortunately, there's another name in excellent sporting gear and accessories that actually predates Abercrombie & Fitch by about 40 years. Charles F. Orvis founded the Orvis Company in 1856. Wikipedia states that the company is America's oldest mail-order retailer, and I don't doubt it. Best of all, the Orvis Company is proud of its heritage and continues to offer best quality products. I recently picked up a pre-owned Orvis Classic shotgun manufactured by Chapuis in France. The gun is a 30-inch barrel, 20-gauge round action, modern side-by-side with an English stock. I happened upon the gun while searching for a long-barreled but agile side-by-side for quail. I'm a huge fan of the Orvis Company and many of my favorite things, including boots, luggage, clothes, and a three-weight CFO reel bear the Orvis name. This new-to-me Orvis Classic by Chapuis also isn't the first Orvis shotgun that I've owned. My wife currently shoots a Beretta 682 variant marked as an Orvis Sporting that was manufactured with 20-gauge barrels on a 12-gauge receiver. She loves it. My new Orvis Classic got me thinking about the company and the unique and high-quality shotguns that they've offered over the years. My guest today is Greg Carpinello. 
Greg has a job that I'm super envious of. He's the gunroom manager for Orvis. I couldn't wait to talk with him a bit about the Orvis shotguns of the past and their current offerings. Well, Greg, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Nice to chat with you. So I'm catching you in uh, in Vermont right now, right? Yes, sir. Yep, Manchester, Vermont. So how's the uh, how's the weather in your part of the country? Uh, it is typically Vermont spring. Uh, it was 27 and snowing last night. There was ice on the back deck this morning, and now it is 50 degrees and sunny. So there's really at this time of year, there's absolutely zero predicting what's going to happen day to day. Wow. Welcome to April in the Northeast, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a great place to get started today would be to hear a bit about your background um, and then the path that kind of led you to the Orvis company. Okay, sure. So uh, I've been at Orvis since uh, July of 2015. Prior to that, I was a, I taught for 27 years, um, and 23 of those were at an all-boys boarding school where I was a history teacher, an English teacher, uh, dean of residential life, cross-country coach, hockey coach, track coach, did all sorts of things across the board. And uh, over time, I just started... And, and, and in the middle of all that, uh, when I met my wife 25 years ago, her, her brother was a shooting enthusiast and insisted that I uh, buy a shotgun. So I went out and I did what everybody does when they're told to go buy a shotgun. I went to Walmart and I bought a Remington 870 field beer combo. Yep. <laughs> right? And that gun served me very well. I was real happy with that gun. And... Uh, but I didn't do much other than look at it and stare at it. And my best friend in the world, Sterling, took me on a bird on a duck hunt. And I didn't have the right gear. And I was cold and wet in a, in the Connecticut River. And it was interesting, uh, but it didn't it wasn't really compelling. And then about a month later, Sterling took me to a private shooting facility in Millbrook, New York. And it was the first walk-up hunt I'd ever done with his dog, Quinn. And the first time I put all the pieces together in the puzzle of a bird going on point, me shooting a pheasant rising into the sky, and then having the bird dog go get it and bring it back to me. Uh, I've told that story to a lot of people. I told that story in my interview at at Orbis. It was uh, a transformative, um, if not an epiphany, uh, moment in my life. Um, and I just said, okay, I need to do this. And within a year, I owned my first setter. Um, 20 years later, 20 plus years later, too many guns to speak of. Um, and then as, as my career in teaching, as I began to think about doing different things, um, and I won't get too deep into the details, but in the end, there were some changes to the school. I think I had my time in education, which I, I loved, had run its course. And I needed to figure out a way that I could earn my living um, doing something that I was even more passionate about than teaching. And it led me to looking at the Orvis website and a two-year sort of adventure through human resources and then me ending up as the Orvis Manchester gunroom manager and then the corporate gunroom manager for the larger, uh, the larger picture of uh, selling guns at, at four retail locations. Okay. So what does that make your, uh, your day-to-day uh, look like? So I guess so, so what I do now, I guess what I do now is I, I run, I curate, for lack of a better word, the Orvis Manchester in the flagship store, our gun room here. And then I'm responsible 
for making sure that where we sell guns in Orvis, San Bernardino, and Millbrook, New York, uh, Orvis Purcell Farms in Sylacauga, Alabama, and Orvis Hill Country in uh, Fairfield, Pennsylvania, that they have the proper uh, collection of guns on their racks, whether it be used or new guns, mostly new guns, and help them coordinate gun fittings, custom gun purchases, et cetera. No, I'm the guy who knows the inventory and where I can get it and how long it's going to take to get things, et cetera. And then I'd make sure I get down to see all those places two or three times a year. Okay. So I'm always uh, window shopping yeah. for my next shotgun online, and it seems like I'm always clicking on guns that, that, that you guys, that Orvis has for sale. Yeah. I know that you offer new, um, used, and consignment guns. Do you have any idea of how many guns you average in inventory? I'm, try- I'm trying to you, – you asked me an interesting question because I'm trying to visualize the, the size of the racks at each place. So the Manchester store is probably the biggest. I, I Right now I think I have 89 guns on the rack. Most of those in the Manchester store are used in consignment with a smattering of new guns. And whereas at uh, Orvis Canton, which is our premier shooting facility, um, they probably have, let's say, the other three places, maybe 40 guns, new guns on the rack. But at those three places, they're shooting facilities. So they also all have an array between 25 and, and maybe 80 guns that we send out every day for people to shoot that they can rent. Okay. Okay. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. No, 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 it's okay. I guess I should know because somebody else can ask me later, so it's fine. Okay. So regarding your new shotguns, the Orvis company has a long tradition of offering Orvis branded guns um, from select manufacturers. This is something I'm really interested in. This used to be really common with America's big sporting outfitters. You don't have to look long to come across quality pre-owned double shotguns branded by um, Orvis, Abercrombie & Fitch, Griffin & Howe, or even L.L. Bean. Yeah. To make sure that everyone understands, these guns aren't manufactured by these companies, but they rather they, they receive a brand marking as a result of kind of a partnership with that shotgun manufacturer. Most of the time, um, they, they were really high-quality guns. Could you give us a bit of an anthology of the Orvis-branded guns? Yeah, be happy to. So um, I think like 70, and I'm not the greatest uh, Orvis historian. I work with a couple of guys who bring a level of institutional knowledge that is remarkable. And I'm fortunate for, I'll just as an aside, we've had the same gunsmith for 40 years. And, uh, the gentleman who preceded him or actually worked side by side with him, a gentleman by the name of our gunsmith is Jordan Smith. And then the gentleman who worked with him for years was John Skinner, um, who still works with me as a sales associate. So I give those guys, I always like to throw them in the mix because, uh, my success in guns and gun sales is, is uh, really contingent upon my relationship with those guys and their encyclopedic knowledge of guns and, and the company. So John Skinner is the, the source for, for much of this information. So in the early 70s, 72, 73, uh, Lee Perkins, who's the owner of the company, um, started the wing fishing, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, uh, the shooting school, the, uh, I'm all screwed up, the fly fishing school. And got people, you know, fly fishing 101 and got more and more people on the river. And then hand in hand with that came along the Orvis Wing Shooting Schools. And those started around 1974. And and up here in Vermont, as soon as we started selling, you know, wing shooting instruction at a facility in Manchester, uh, someone at the company said, well, let's get some proprietary guns on the rack. And... From that, and, and then that morphed into 
um, not only proprietary guns that we would consider rack guns, just, you know, standard dimensions right off the rack, but also then um, of the Orvis custom gun program, um, which led to years of guns that were uh, bought from various manufacturers based on gun fittings that came out of our shooting schools. So uh, in that time, since 74, we have had 14 different manufacturers and 26 different proprietary models. I will not be with the details of the 26 models, but I will tell you the manufacturers and, and a little bit about it. Like, so Ugarda Chea made a side-by-side for us. Ruger made the, uh, an Orvis Ruger red label, and about 400 units total were made of that. They're hmm. sort of collectible. They pop up every once in a while. Uh, SKB made a Green Mountain gun, Green Mountain Uplander, and uh, I've, I've only ever seen one in my time here. Bernadelli made guns for us. Uh, Beretta, which is probably the company other than Greeny who makes guns for us now, we are most closely associated with Orvis and Beretta. We're hand-in-hand for years. Um, the Orvis 680, the Onyx action sort of for the Orvis guns is very popular. Those are pretty sought after. Caesar Greeny, who makes guns for us now, and those are the guns that make the, take up the majority of our space in our loaner racks at our instructional facilities. Fabarm. Uh, AYA Browning made about 200 units for us. Oh, wow. Uh, I actually just saw my first Orvis Browning last week. It came in for repairs. Uh, Aria, the other uh, company that I would like in with Beretta that is most closely associated with Orvis, we had a long-standing relationship with Arietta. They made upwards of five different custom guns for us until they went out of business. Uh, Union Romera, Gulia. Uh, Chapuis Arms, a French manufacturer who makes our side-by-side for us now in two different styles. Um, they also have made uh, a handful of double rifles for us that are branded Orvis, but they are a uh, uh, they are known for their double rifles in the French in, uh, French shooting world. And W and C Scott made a couple of very cool side-by-sides for us as well. So that's the 14 manufacturers. And uh, it's kind of interesting as they do roll in now and again, or I get phone calls every couple of weeks where people find guns uh, d- at different gun shows and gun shops that are branded with Orvis, and sometimes I can answer their questions, and sometimes I can't. So then I send them, I send them to Jordan and John. Hmm. I mean, I guess it never dawned on me, but a person could really have an impressive shotgun collection um, if they just focused on the variety that Orvis has offered for the past 50 or so years. Uh, you better believe it. And, you know, the Orvis name has is... You know, sometimes I think it's, it, it, I wouldn't call it a curse, but people, there are a lot of people who want to buy guns that say Orvis, and there's other times where it, it doesn't add to the value or, or, or not. Um, the other gun I did reach out, uh, CZ made a gun for us for a short period of time as well, an uh, over, under, and a side by a side. Uh, but for the most part, people who are searching Orvis guns and they find, or Orvis products and find shotguns with their name on it, uh, it's, it's a plus, and they, and they are sought, uh, people will seek after them. In that lineup of guns, there were a couple that were, uh, you know, what's funny, one of the guns is missing up here. Zoli also made guns for us for a year. Um, and so, actually, Zoli made about 200 guns for us. And I actually had a gentleman bring one by. Um, and I said, yeah, they only made 200 for us. And he said, oh, then it's a collect- collector's item. And I said, not necessarily. No, I said cool gun, but there was probably a reason why they didn't. I like Zoli's; they make good guns, but uh, they only made a few for us. And it may have been my guess is that it was a uh, a stopgap measure between proprietary gun makers, and we needed some guns. And Zoli stepped in and, and filled the gap for us for a while. 
but yeah, we could do a whole setup of Orvis guns and it would be pretty intriguing. Yeah, definitely. So stopping into an Orvis store or, or checking them out online, it, it's really easy to see that Orvis demands a really high level of quality from everything that they sell. How does the company select which shotgun manufacturers they want to partner with? Yeah, and so I think what I'd like, what I'd, I'd say about the, and I'll kind of move into the contemporary guns, but what I will say about the few that are, that are most closely associated with. So with the Spanish guns, um, in particular, the that uh, Arietta period of time, we were looking for a high quality double gun manufacturer that was remarkably accommodating um, in the sense that we could you know deliver pretty dialed in specs from our shooting schools that people are looking for, and they would produce a high quality gun with nice wood and excellent metal work, um, an excellent fit and finish and be delivered in six months to a year. Um, and that's why we chose those particular Spanish manufacturers as we've moved into, and I'll sort of answer the question in broader terms, as we've moved into the 21st century and Chapuis Arms has become our main manufacturer of side-by-sides, although they do make a couple of runners for us as well. Um, I was not here when we came around, when, when, when uh, we decided to start working with them, but I was in the very nascent stages of that. Arietta, the, the writing on the wall for Arietta going out of business became apparent, and they became uh, less and less easy to deal with, um, not as responsive to phone calls and internet or to emails, et cetera, and some, we had some QC issues, and, and in the end, Arietta just found its way out of business. Um, but Chapuis, I believe, reached out to us, and Chapuis... Um, has proven to be, A, just a remarkably accommodating company. So I feel comfortable uh, with asking people when they want a Chapuis shotgun if it's not a rat gun to send me a wish list, a complete wish list of all the things they're looking for, barrel length, chokes, single trigger, double trigger, grip style, wood style, um, stock style, um, et cetera. And then I send that list off to my contact at Chapuis, and within 24 to 48 hours, I have a, uh, in, an invoice and a spec sheet that I can begin negotiating with the customer about whether they like what they see and the price, et cetera. And, and sometimes I have customers who were so dialed in and such nerds that they want to know so much. But, but Pierre is the kind of uh, sales export uh, staff member at Chapuis. Give, you know, give them my email. And then I'll let the two of them go at it for a while. And then, and, it, and, it, and that does not, and, and again, I'm not denigrating the other manufacturers, but um, the chances of you talking to somebody at Beretta at that length are probably pretty slim. Um, so, you know, Chapuis is, is just accommodating. Their guns um, have a two-year warranty. And the other thing that's important for us with Chapuis is that um, any servicing, either Jordan can do it here or they have a uh, service center um, in uh, Oklahoma, and a great French-trained, Chapuis-trained gunsmith in Oklahoma. So that's just part of it. Then sort of moving beyond, and we had this with Beretta, but what we really have it is with Greeny and the entire Greeny family, which includes Siren and Fabarm. And I would say that, that, that the things we're looking for are quality, durability, market longevity, brand recognition, um, the customer service model, and let's take Greeny and put all the put Fab Arm and Siren under a big tent. The customer service model 
at Greeny is the same customer service model that you'll find at Orvis. That the customer is always right. Um, Greeny guns come with a lifetime warranty. Uh, Fab Arm and Siren Gun. Fab Arms are a five-year warranty. Siren Gun, some are five-year and some are uh, uh, lifetime, depending if it's from the Greeny line. Uh, but a Greeny gun, here's, here's what I'll say about Greeny. If a Greeny gun malfunctions and you have to send it in to us and we send it to Greeny or you send it to Greeny, and you would like to talk to the actual gunsmith who's in charge of working on your gun, um, you can call down there, schedule an appointment, and talk to that gunsmith. It's that level of detailed customer service and standing behind their product that drew us to Greeny uh, as our primary supplier of proprietary guns. Um, and I think that, and again, they too are remarkably accommodating. Um, they can build custom guns. If you have time and money, um, you can have just about whatever gun you'd like. Okay. You know, so that's where I am with them. Okay. So we've mentioned Chapuis a few times now. Yeah. Uh, you and I have already discussed my recent purchase of a pre-owned Orvis Classic by Chapuis. Yeah. I think mine's a 2017 gun. Um, I had been hunting for a long-barreled small bore side-by-side -side for a while, and, and I had heard of Chapuis before, but I'd never laid hands on one of their uh, shotguns or rifles. This is a really, really high-quality side-by-side, and I, and I think what I like the most about it is that it's not just like every other box lock side-by-side. -side. Um, it's got a parallel locking action and, and huge, huge locking lug underneath sort of like a, a Browning superposed, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've never seen a lockup on, on a shotgun like this, uh, but apparently Chapuis has been building it into their, their double rifles for a, for a lot of years. Um, this also isn't the first Orvis branded gun that I've owned. Uh, I've actually got another one in the safe right now. That one in particular caught my eye because it just had a really unique um, and useful setup. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that one thing I really like about Orvis branded guns is that there seems to be a lot of thought that goes into what you offer. Um, in shotguns, as with everything else, there's a certain degree of, of what's in vogue. Uh, the models that you offer are, really seem to be in tune with what shooters are looking for. You mentioned that past relationship with Arietta. You know, in, in my opinion, that was at a time when, when everyone wanted a hand-built side lock. And the better Spanish makers were an unbeatable value for the, for the price. Um, so let me let me interject because you're making a, gr a great point um, about a handmade gun, and in the 21st century, um, CNC machining can create a production gun of extraordinary quality. And someone may say, "Oh, well, I want a handmade." Listen, if you want a handmade gun, that's fantastic. No question about it. I love it. More power to you. But what is coming out of the factories from the Brescia region now, the, the industry standards are so high, the quality of the barrels, the quality of the fit and, fit and finish coming off the assembly line where there's no filing going on. These are just guns that are just manufactured to remarkably tight specs. Um, they're as good as, as anything you can buy. So, you know, I think it's important for people to to understand that there is value and quality in these machined guns. At some point, hands are gonna put all the pieces together, um, but they don't need to be hand-filed and hand-fitted to be spectacular shotguns. And that demand for that Spanish gun that you were referencing just started to wane. Yeah, 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 you have to stay current. Well, Greg, uh, Orvis has got a great resource in you. Um, it's obvious that you really enjoy talking to people about shotguns. 
So tell me, what can someone expect if they if they make the trip to one of your gun rooms to either sell a gun or to to buy something new from Orvis? Yeah, so I do. So that's an interesting thing. Is you, you bring that up. So we have a really uh, pretty vigorous uh, unit wise. I sell more consignment guns than I sell new guns. Dollar wise, I sell more new guns. But I move a lot of guns, and that includes uh, traditional hunting rifles as well as shotguns, side by sides and semis, um, and the occasional pump action shotgun. Um, so we take in consignment guns on a regular basis. They're evaluated. I think one of the pluses of buying a consignment gun from Orvis is that our gunsmith goes through the muzzle to bust back. And for every 10 guns I take in, probably one or two he rejects. Find something about him that the average small time gun shop may not necessarily notice. Um, and then I work with, with consigners uh, to help them find as broad an audience as possible. The, the other thing is that I'm always looking to I'm sort of charged with the mission of helping someone find what find the gun they're looking for. I may not always be able to make it happen, um, but I want to try to make people, if I can access it through a dealer or another friend of mine, I'm always open to phone calls to help people find guns. And sometimes I can't find guns, but what I want people is to be happy. So I will often ask people, listen, I can't find the gun for you, but if you find the gun or a gun and you want me to take a look at the pictures or the, or the link you found online to tell you if I think it's a good gun, I'm happy to do that. Not making any money there, um, but I want, I, I, I hope I'm building up some goodwill and I just want people shooting guns that fit and uh, are suited for the, the task at hand. I want people who are shooting clays to shoot sporting guns and I want people in the field to shoot field guns. Right, right. Okay, well, so to start getting wrapped up, um, I think you told me that I'm catching you in your office right now, uh, just outside of the Orvis Manchester gun room. Looking out across the racks, uh, what gets Greg excited? <laughs> uh, I'm, such, I'm a weird guy because I think people expect me to say, you know, some crazy gun. Like, we have a... Uh, a Wesley Richards right now, just a spectacular Wesley Richards that was actually restocked by John Skinner. It's a drop lock gun, $25,000 to fit and finish. The, the the craftsmanship is absolutely breathtaking, but it's it's not my it's not my thing. Um, but occasionally we get in, and I'm not a real British box like lock guy, but we'll get in the true two-inch 12 gauges that weigh about five and a quarter, and they just fly to your face. Uh, we had a Stensby in a while ago that I always, people say, what's the coolest gun you have in the store? And if it's a $5,000 two inch Stensby with 26 inch barrels, that weighs five and a quarter pounds. I like the opportunity to explain the history of the two inch cartridge and explain the gun. And, and when you feel a gun like that, it, it's the best example of helping people understand what it is about the British the English best gun, how lively they are, and the level of craftsmanship and the skill that went into make a gun that comes to your face so elegantly and then swings so beautifully. Uh, so that's sort of like my fantasy gun, those those two-inch guns from England. Um, but day-to-day, -day, and people have listened to me on other podcasts, I got a real thing for Winchester 101. Uh, I think that Japanese era of Winchesters and... Um, SKB, the side-by-sides, the 100s and the 200s. I love those little guns. They're great bargains, but certainly really durable guns made with some great craftsmanship in Japan in the late 60s and early 70s. Hmm. So do you still have that uh, that Walmart 870? 
Hell yeah, and I love. And I still, but I still have two big seventies, and I have, I have a twenty gauge and a twelve gauge Wingmaster that I don't shoot just because I don't want anything bad to happen to them, even though I know they're only worth about five hundred bucks. Um, I think if I had, if I had like a sort of a fantasy, and I could go out and build a gun, I would sit down with Wes Lang, the president of Green USA, and start from ground up on a twenty gauge, twenty six inch field gun with a true custom stock and and some pretty tricked out wood. That would be the way I, I would go, and I'd want it to be light and lively and nice. Um, but because I, I just think that, that Garini just builds guns that'll last a lifetime, um, and that if I had the money, I would do it that way. Go to yeah. a fantasy gun like that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That sounds great, Greg. I really appreciate you taking some time with me today. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah. Take it easy, Ryan. Bye bye. I'm now just a month or so into this podcast project. For a hobbyist like me, it's a little bit of work, but getting to speak to guys like Greg, who are not only full of great information, but truly enjoy what they do, they make it worth it. Oh, and something I forgot to mention earlier, I didn't purchase my Orvis Classic from Greg. I reached out to him after seeing his name and email address on the bottom of the gun's original order form. He enthusiastically replied back that he would be more than happy to talk Orvis shotguns. This podcast has already allowed me to speak to several men and women like Greg, who love shotguns and love what they do. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, you've heard from some of them. Stay tuned to hear from many more. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Break in the Action and encourage you to subscribe. Want to hear your voice on a future episode of A Break in the Action? Leave a message, ask a question, or suggest a topic on our listener line at 317-489-0103. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more information, discussion, and photos. If you would like to reach Ryan directly, email him at abreakintheaction at gmail.com.